Good morning, good evening, good night, ladies and gentlemen, individuals, readers, and listeners. I do thank you for tuning in to Bud Talks Podcast, episode 229. Life is getting very interesting for me because it is just very interesting in that imagination is one of a gift and a curse. I want to kind of touch on something, but first I do want to say that once again, imagination being the gift and the curse that it is, the space that I create from, the spaces that I write from, the spaces that I intend to put out my creative pieces of poetry, stories, books, whatever it may be that you may be consuming, even this studio that I built three years ago, a year in the making, Deacon's Blue. The studio was in imagination at one point. Going back to college where this black love sofa sits, it's to my far left in my desk and computer and Yamaha recording device sits in front of it. Let's say 12 years ago when I was thinking in a very depressed state on that black love sofa that sits to my left, in this couch, excuse me, in this studio, that couch, I once told myself, I'll have this in my studio in a couple, I don't know, years. It ended up being 12 years that it now resides in my studio. But that was one of the many positive imaginary visions I had for that black sofa that now sits in the studio. Because once again, imagination is a gift and a curse. I once slept, actually many nights, I slept depressed on this very small couch and woke up with the cramp because again, it is a very small love sofa. I understand now that given imagination and its purpose, use it or lose it. Use it or lose your mind. Use it or it will use you. Use it or what ends up happening is the subconscious ideals of this world begin to take over. And it's almost a proven fact that through whatever it is you're going through, the mind is one hell of a machine. Like water is to a fish, the brain is to the human body, and ignorance is to enlightenment. You don't know what you don't know until you don't know. You don't know what is important until it's no longer there. You don't know what you need until you lose it. Until you lose your mind, you realize it is a very powerful tool. Once again, life is getting interesting, and I don't really want to go into specifics at the moment because a lot of things are unfolding. Over the last three years, if you've listened to me on Bud Talks, or maybe I've been doing this for two years, I don't know, but the website vehicledigest.net has been up for seven years now. I think I'm going on year eight. A lot of it was started by visions and imaginations and where it could go, where I could go, where I could be and 
a lot of it gradually has been unfolding and it's quite the journey emotionally. It's an emotional roller coaster. It isn't really as scary as your life kind of spinning out of control, but what what it tends to tell you is that once again with good intent and good direction, you do really get what you ask for. And sometimes you don't really know what you're asking for because you're kind of spinning in a subconscious reel of doubt and you know, this is a and world, not an or world. So you can have your cake and eat it too. You just have to want the cake and enjoy it. This past Friday night, I party. <laughs> I don't party much, but I went out on a limb because I had a really good feeling. I wanted to just say, let me take a break from whatever I'm doing in life and have a little fun. A friend of mine actually called me up and said, let's go out. And we went out, went out, we went out to Jackie's here in Southeast Portland or, uh, no, that's an, excuse me. Actually it is Southeast Portland. Long story short, I had a long night and ended up, I got home pretty late, but I slept about five hours. And then more importantly, you know, you meet people, and you, for me personally, I start to think like, how are these new people I just met going to remember me? So it almost, long story short, it kind of veered me into this thought process or this kind of string of, I guess I had a downhill, in a positive way, kind of this downhill processings of imagination. I started to ask myself what the fuck is my purpose? I'm not just a partier. Obviously, I'm not a partier. I'm a little bit more than that, but I can party and it, it's quite happy, but there's consequences to partying hangovers. My mind started to take back these visions I had a very long time ago of my father always wanting me to be a preacher and I never wanted to be a preacher. I, I didn't want to be a preacher. I never wanted to stand in front of the pulpit and teach the Bible. In fact, it was quite dreadful to always remember that for the rest of my life, I would be getting up on Sunday mornings to go to church. It was quite dreadful, the idea that I live in this box of religion. And it was quite dreadful that one day we'll die and finally get the happiness that we really want. I didn't like that. So imagination showed me a little bit different. And I was in denial of it because imagination of so much money, so much riches, so much going in the direction of your purpose when church is telling you otherwise. Heaven's on the other side. He's coming back for his people. He as in Jesus Christ. Whether you believe in this character or not, there's a little bit of an esoteric meaning, obviously, in that. Well, actually, I'm not even going to get into that, but essentially, 
Saturday morning into Saturday afternoon, I carried out literally for about five hours this vision of if I were to follow in my father's steps of becoming a preacher, what would it look like to me? And I had a little bit of fun with it. It wouldn't be church. I wouldn't be a preacher. What if it was something like, and it's going to sound like a mega church, but it's not going to be a mega church. Of course, the congregation would be people who would be looking for inspiration. Of course, there would be people who are looking for motivation. Of course, there would be people who are looking to connect with others who may be struggling or maybe doing better, but they would also be looking for leaders who they could look up to, who have been through what they are going through. Because if you look at the news, not everybody's doing well. A lot of people are doing well, but for everyone that is not, there is somebody or two not doing just as well. In fact, today's age, if you look at the statistics, I don't have a website in front of me, but trust me on this. More people are being pulled out of poverty than ever before in the history of humankind. That's a fact. It doesn't mean everybody is out of poverty. There's still a lot of impoverished people. In fact, I mean, if you live in America and have even a minimum wage job, you're doing quite well. Maybe not by American standards, but you're doing quite well, well, excuse me, in contrast, in comparison to the rest of the third world countries as a whole here on this village rock. But essentially this place that I was carrying out in my imagination and vision in light of my father's desire for me to follow in his footsteps, this congregation would involve spiritual leaders of very ugly past and people who aspire to be them. Leader strategy would be to kind of get these individuals into this community, so to speak. And maybe like, I think it's Matthew ten sixteen in the Bible, sly as a serpent, harmless as a dove. Because this community center wouldn't have a gym. It would have a basketball court, a tennis court. My dad liked to play racquetball. It would almost be like a mega church on steroids because there would also be a spa with a pool, a hot tub, a sauna. Outside, you can go to the track and field and run a couple laps. Or you can play football. The kids could do what the hell they want to do. They could play flag football, soccer. There would be a daycare too. There would also be a cafe, a cafeteria where cooks will cook for people. Homeless people could come to this place. And do something better for themselves. There would be an auditorium for different events. You can rent it out. Or you can do whatever the hell you want. Because the leaders of this community center, they would actually be not necessarily compelled, but what they would actually do is when they feel like it or when they're inspired to, they would summon these members of this community and say, I have something to say. <laughs> Sounds sloppy as fuck. But think about it. Not every Sunday morning you will be going to church, but when there is something inspiring to be put out there by a leader, they would tell everyone 
tomorrow night. Come join me. I've got something to say. So everyone will come together while the kids go play. The kids, the younger ones, go to daycare. Or maybe they go to the classrooms and lecture halls. Or maybe they do some arts and craft activity. Or maybe some of them go to a spa and relax. Of course, there would be flotation tanks for people who need to unwind for the week or the month and kind of envision what the hell they want and need. Because maybe the message isn't really for them at the moment, but at least they have a place to go while their fellow members of this community are being inspired. There would actually be hotel rooms where even the homeless people can stay if they need a place to stay for a couple months to get their shit together. There'll be rules and regulations and guidelines, of course, because, of course, people, when you give them this type of opportunity or this space, there come those who tend to take advantage of it. There'll be a nice big parking lot for the parking lot pimpers (laughs) because it's almost going to be like a lifetime nightclub where you can just come and show off your car. Because, of course, there's going to be a nice garage for the old school Chevys, Dodge Darts, Ford Mustangs, Plymouths, and Pontiacs. My dad had a Buick Skylark, so we would definitely have that. We'd have the the space for that as well. But keep in mind, as I'm carrying out this vision, I'm also walking my puppy, my dog, Kali. I'm walking her into the dog park, and we actually don't end up going to the dog park because she wasn't a good girl. So we end up going to the regular park and we ran a little bit. But on the way back home, this vision kept carrying itself out with what I just explained to you. And I was afraid this was going to sound too much like a megachurch, but this ain't no megachurch. In fact, it's not even a church. It's, it's not a, there's no, this is pure imagination. This is a gift. Use it or lose it. About five blocks of coming back to my house, the vision is starting to die out as my brain's kind of getting exhausted from the walk and just a little bit of excitement in that it feels good to carry out this vision in light of my father who wanted me to be a preacher. There's a lady standing at the bus stop next to a corner store. And usually when I'm walking, people will move aside, either because of my dog or, of course, because of COVID. So they'll kind of step into the street or just kind of create that space, distance. And I start to veer into the store's parking lot. It's not a big parking lot, but I'm also turning onto the street where my home, where it leads to my house, and the lady turns to me. I I could tell she wants to say something, and I I look at her, and she says, Have you heard about church? And (laughs) I, I looked back at her. I said, Yes, 
I've heard about church. And her response was, it's a great place to be. And I said, yes, it is. It is a very, very good place to be. And I, I kept walking. I told her to have a blessed day. For those of you who know me well or you do not know me at all, and maybe I've mentioned it before, but I did grow up in a Christian household. My father, as you could assume, was a preacher. He didn't preach every Sunday, but about once every couple of weeks, he would preach for the congregation at a church. And like I mentioned earlier, I wasn't really fond of going to church as a kid. Even as a young adult, I wasn't. I, I stopped going to church. However, I will say, though, I don't know where my idea of structure in life would be without church. And I know going back to, I think it's spring of this year, Portland in general has had a lot of spike in gang violence. And on a global uh, excuse me, not global, but rather on a national scale, it's it's really not much. But considering Portland, the spike is, I think it's a lot. I, I think it's a ridiculous amount. Um, and when I say it's not a lot, I mean, you know, there's a lot of gang violence in Chicago, um, L.A., New York, uh, those places. And I, I don't... I'm far removed from that situation, but I do hear about it a lot in Portland. And I, I personally often turn the cheek to it, even though, you know, the majority of the men or young men being fallen victim to these crimes are black males. And typically when there isn't structure in the house. They do turn to gangs. They turn to a group of acceptance and because that's their family, you know, that's their community. And it's dehumanizing because they have to do this for survival in a way that it's not. And again, I, I, I probably even shouldn't be speaking on this, but I only say this in good intent, in goodwill intent, because I know that there's a lot of places in Portland that, does try to, I guess, prevent the violence. But I think the incentive isn't there. And a lot of other things with police reform and a lot of other factors that are coming into play with the violence. I, I do think it's, I just realized I'm playing this instrumental on loop and this is a Kanye, Jesus Lord, beat <laughs> I don't care it's a dope beat but anyways the idea behind this vision I had was that you know you don't really have to be of a religion or believe in Jesus or believe in God to be a part of this community center or I mean you could come and hang out the idea is to 
create a distraction from what worse can happen, which is gang violence, gang activity. And I think gang violence and activity, that'll, that'll have its place in society. I mean, if you go back to the, I think it's the Indian, um, is it India, the thuggies, the looters of India. I think it's the early, maybe it's the 15, 16, 1700s, but I mean, gangs go back a very, very long time. And maybe it doesn't change. But for those who fall because of lack of structure, lack of community, I mean, it only takes one person to change another person's mind. And that's just my imagination. That's just one church boy's vision. And I would like to use it. I would like to use it before I lose it. This is Bud Talks Podcast 229. Good morning, good evening, good night. Thank you.